0: 102.5 FM, KXSF LP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. As our personal information, including our dress and everything that we do, becomes more and more accessible over the internet, how should we be thinking about privacy and protecting ourselves? Today, I'm talking with Arjun Batnagar, CEO of Cloaked, about how our data is being accessed, as well as how we should consider protecting our personal information in the digital world. Thank you for joining me on Spark today.
1: Absolutely happy to be here.
0: What is happening to our personal data on the Internet?
1: Very, really great question.
0: Our personal data on
1: the Internet, I always think, is being exploited, sold, abused, and misused without us even understanding it. But more importantly, what we've learned right away is that breaches and things that, that have happened recently on the Internet with security threats and everything have revealed that our information isn't safe. Companies are using information left and right. But even if breaches weren't happening and people weren't trying to steal our data is a real problem that everybody knows everything about you, sometimes even more than you know yourself. And the fact that that even exists right now on the internet is scary. I don't think companies should know everything about me, even before I know it.
0: So it's happening on multiple levels. Do you have the breach, right? And that is uh, more on the company side? That's a problem? Then there's the information being sold or personal information every time we fill out a form, it's being collected and sold. And then third, there's the company's collection for their own data and analytics. I think the question becomes what happens to that data that they have in building our profiles? So it's multi level (laughs) that we're dealing with. Yeah. So, well,
1: starting with the the profiles, it's always, I always think that a, a company doesn't begin or think with the idea of trying to abuse your data, they always ultimately want to serve the customer experience. But the problem is in that pursuit, they want to collect as much as possible because that's where the industry has built its entire business model is data collection and try to collect everything you possibly can to figure out what to do with it. And I think that that business model, that approach of free and collecting data to figure out what to do doesn't make any sense. And every profile being built, only a fraction of data is actually used. So it becomes, why does everybody have all the keys to the kingdom, which is you, your identity, who you are? And so these profiles become very dangerous because then they're either used to not just personalize and study and figure out how to make your experience better, but they're often used and sold or shared with other companies, sometimes unknowingly. A lot of companies work with third-party vendors, software that use profiles that they have inherently built, and then spreading them out like wildfire without ever being known um, by the company themselves.
0: I think the biggest problem is people just don't know what to do at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Ideally, everyone would own their information in a wallet, let's say, and they decide who gets access, who doesn't, how long each person who has access can use it, and so on. let us I'm just throwing that possibility out there. But currently, everyone's just like, my address is out on the Internet. I don't know what to do about it. My personal identity is constantly being hacked. I don't know what to do about it. What would you say to that level of personal information at this point of how you think people need to think about their data?
1: Yeah, so I always think it's an interesting question about, well, what do I do? And I and we always think about this problem, and that's why I think most of my business would get cloaked. But coming back to what people do today and how to think about it, one, I would say you should be aware. I remember... When I was really young, I when Facebook first began back in 0706, I actually had a fake last name because I, I used to think back in 0706, what if one day Facebook becomes a big company and businesses look at the data and take that and do something with it? And I, I always thought like well, that's a scary future. Well, everyone laughed like is not well, that how the world works today? But I was never really privacy like worried or scared. I just felt a little uncomfortable about how companies and everybody knowing so much about me. So I think the first practice is around being conscious of what you share and how you put yourself out there. Uh, Even simple actions of, every time you open a TikTok, it always asks, do you want to share your contacts? Um, Yes, you can find better friends, but know that you're giving up everything about your contacts, people you're communicating with to a completely third party app. And I think those decisions become something like, well, Am I conscious about what I'm trying to give and how much do I really need for this experience? And I think the second part that people can take action today is about their information, their address, name they're putting out there. Is that, that, that information actually is always continuously evolving. And we've done a study on this and experience that, quote, is that as you start to put up new information, different information, you'll find the Internet starts to learn and evolve. So if your address is already out there, your number is already out there, and you start to give maybe a new number, a new address. The, a lot of these companies want to maintain the most relevant, newest information about you. Well, they tend to learn and forget stale information. So my, my point I always tell the people is it's never too late. It's not too late to have privacy. It's not too late to take back control because information and the Internet always want to be latest and current. So you, well, what you choose to put out there is what the Internet tries to capture about you. And it'll always keep that as the most fresh information, slowly losing the old information. And I'd say eventually let us as a business help you take care of all of it, past and present. Uh, But I'd say coming back to individuals and people today, you can take that control about choosing what you share between apps and websites today. And information you've already shared, well, let's start giving different information as we move forward because your old information will start to become stale.
0: So it's an interesting way that you think about solving this problem is by constantly changing your information and updating it, which we will come to, because that is something that I do want to ask you about through what Cloak is doing. But currently, let's lay out the landscape in terms of what everyone's dealing with because now you have younger people who's giving out data even earlier and it just keeps building over time, right? And part of it is because they won't allow you to go on the sites anymore without at least giving your email, let's say.
1: Yeah. Uh, Target, remo- uh, Target and a few different companies have a limited guest checkout. I-, I won't remember if it was Target, but I know a lot of big companies have removed the guest checkout and you have to actually give information to even purchase something.
0: Right. And so I think people just want to get it done. So then they end up giving the email away. And then the other aspect is a lot of people are so hooked on these free accounts, whether it's from Google, from you know social media platforms, anywhere, right? It's like, okay, it's free. I will give it away. So what else are they giving away? I mean, I think all the activities on these platforms as well, right, that's building the profiles based on what they're looking at and what they're doing.
1: Sure. People are giving away is I always say it's three, three dimensions. The first part is your identity. Things about you, what you how you put yourself out there, name, email, address, phone number, credit card, IP address, location information, what where you've been. These part of your identity that you're constantly putting out there. And then there's activity. There's when you're using constantly a website like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, Google, you're building activity on their platform. Um, and that's coming back to the question, even as you said about activity, you need to be a little conscious of it. Uh, LinkedIn, for example, 97% of their data was breached. And that's almost everybody who's ever used LinkedIn. And that includes everything about you. Um, information you, your activity, information, your information about your account. Um, and I think that's something conscious about the profile you're doing. What I, I always take the approach in my own view of, I, I know it's not everybody does this, but, I say, whatever I do on the internet, I know if it became public, well, I'm okay and comfortable with that. And I think the other thing that people give away is the, also about personalization. So there's identity, there's activity, and then the personalization you have. When you're, work, when you're using YouTube or using TikTok, how do these things personalize to you? It's based on the actions you take. We often see right now um, in TikTok and some of the, and Instagram and YouTube that their feeds start to become a little creepy And personal, when you uh, start clicking things, watching things, so I'd say that everything about you is being tracked. So when you click a video, you you watch something a little longer, you click the like button or heart button, that ends up building that profile and you may be conscious about what you're watching, how long you're watching, what you're spending time on.
0: Do you think that the government should step in like they have in Europe about data privacy laws?
1: I think the effort in Europe has been very noble as working in GDPR and a lot of the efforts are doing. The only challenge we have is, I think the Europe mindset is absolutely the right one in creating data privacy and creating control. The only problem is that tech companies are so massive that fines are much cheaper than changing the way the world, changing the way they work. And I think that's the biggest hurdle we have to come over is that as a government, uh, they can do a lot and they can set rules that create challenges, but a lot of the people in the tech industry know that these are more uh, nuances and roadblocks to just kind of work around and work over or work under, um, but it's not really huge at all for companies. I think about always bringing back to people. It's that, like, for myself, I always say, what does it mean to be a consumer-first uh, mindset from a company, keeping the customer in mind, the way you're interacting with them, how you think about their information, and it comes back to when people say that this is what they want, how businesses are interacting with them. This is how we want technology to be personalized and conforming to them. Having that voice will create the bigger change. And technology companies that empower that voice will bring the big change. And my hope is that government empowers that, supports that, to be a stronger voice altogether.
0: Do you think that can happen as it has for sustainability, where a lot of companies are now saying our mission is tied to social impact, social purpose, and people are willing to pay more for that. Do you think it can happen with privacy as a benefit?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't have the number right on top of my head, but there, you actually for every comp- every dollar invested uh, in privacy, the research and studies known, you get a you get a net greater return. And the investment in privacy creates a sense of trust, um, repeat uh, action, repeat behavior, repeat purchase. Consumers are more likely to have a long-term value, a long-term relationship with your company. when you invest in saying that I care about your privacy, we care about the information you're providing with us, we're sensitive to what we collect, we found that businesses actually uh, earn more and maintain a better relationship overall with customers, clients altogether.
0: But someone would have to do the third party audit right to make sure that's happening.
1: Yeah, so the third party third party audits help validate that customer companies are, are saying what they're saying. And I third party audits are actually twofold. Not a lot of companies do privacy audits. I absolutely recommend, uh, thinking about how you do privacy audit, um, which is not really standardized. Not really a lot of companies thinking about that or even conducting that, but security audits are at least a very good place to start uh, making sure your companies are compliant. that privacy policies are aligned with, um, what third party parties third parties say that they're, that they're doing because sometimes marketing language and privacy policies don't align. Uh, and I think that's something that. Being aware aware of reading about people always mentioning these things on Reddit uh, is a good indicator of a company that's following its practices. That the privacy policy used tends to not lie, because they want to make sure they're legally covered. And marking language tends to be different. So between security compliance audits and uh, the truth of the policy, privacy policy help reveal uh, what the company is actually doing.
0: It almost seems like every company should have a chief privacy officer.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think. This is the future where we're headed. I know that uh, even when Amazon just acquired uh, Roomba, they acquired One Medical, the biggest discussion was not about Amazon being bigger. It's that now Amazon has access to information that people are uncomfortable about. And I think a chief privacy officer is an example of where the company's committed to saying that we're using our data judiciously, we're protecting it, securing it. And we're making sure that customers have control over what they are actually seeing.
0: So what's really frustrating for many people is the ease their address or phone number can be accessed online. The the robo-calls, right? But physical location is even more dangerous. I know you're working on a solution um, that's tied to phone numbers and emails, but what about the physical address?
1: Oh, absolutely. So we know that at least from the way we're working as a business, and we'll talk about Cloak later, is that the problem we see in the industry is that people always say, choose privacy or choose convenience. And so right now we tackle and thinking about emails and phone numbers and overall accounts and how you're putting yourself talking to people. Address is something that we actually want to work on and launch. The tricky part is um, you want to make that convenient. Uh, I know a lot of our users talk about, uh, hey, we'd love to cloak our address and then we, when you we hear them and you want to work on a solution, well, nobody wants to receive things slower. So when you start to make a solution that you have to figure out when to use, people tend to not use it. So we want to make an integrated solution that works with the right partners, right agencies. You can use an address and things don't slow down, but you can be protected and we say cloaked in every transaction, every interaction you do anywhere.
0: Well, I think what's annoying is that the head of these tech companies are able to hide their hide their address, but everybody else is exposed. It's like, what is yeah. wrong with this picture? It's like, why is it that you can't find the address of the people who run Google, but yet your address is on the internet?
1: Yes, that's the the big irony. I um, it it's a funny thing of where who has access to what information and who has the power to remove information. I, the one thing that's good though thing that we want to work on is that you have the ability to request to and force companies to delete information. The only problem is that when you, when you give your information anywhere again, it all pollutes all back to the same sources. So that's where it's an ever-growing challenge to, to keep up.
0: So backing up, I think that's the other problem, right? You can't really, or they make it so hard for you to say to various companies that I want you to delete my address, Then there are sites who will say, well, you have to show us that there's a legal, you know, your police officer or legal enforcement agency, you know, something tied to where you have to show some kind of proof that then they will remove your address, which then makes it so hard for most people to have it removed.
1: Uh, Absolutely. We think that's why with addresses, we're we're taking our time to find the right approach because there's a lot of hacky ways to do this, and we've seen competitors do things like that, but we know that you you end up back at square one uh, when you try to do this. So between sharing an address that can actually be properly used for either identification, identification, shipping, um, or or just a random website you're signing up for, um, and not having to be shared your real information, has to be the way you think about it, not just making a fake address or things like a a forwarding address that you actually don't want to use. Because the moment you put your real information again, it's all back everywhere
0: all at once. So it sounds like maybe that's something that the government may need to step in and just say, you know, addresses can't be published unless the absolutely it's been, yeah, there's uh, permission, clear permission to. And I, I don't see how one can get around that. Um, but since we've been referencing what you're doing through your company, Cloaked, let's start off with the fact that my understanding is you're helping people with this privacy issue by thinking about how the search engines or the internet is constantly having to update with new information about everybody and everything. So if you keep generating phone numbers and email addresses for, let's say, every transaction, then it's less likely that there's one that sticks and is going to be tracked back to you. That's correct, right? Right.
1: Yeah, so uh, you got exactly right. We're generating information so that it's not just a search engine. Um, it's really about putting you in control of your identity and your data. Um, and that's exactly it's the search engine. It's the people you talk to in real life. It's the accounts you sign up for, the purchases you make online or in person, wherever you're going, you're putting information out there. And it's about being your information can't be necessarily tracked, but also, it's a fact of making every relationship personal. I think one dimension that people always miss about privacy is that it's one part about not putting yourself out there. The other part is about control and having a better relationship, understanding of the parties you're working with. If I make a unique email, phone number for Amazon, now the information, the contacts, everything I know is localized to that relationship. So that's the way we think about cloaked is it's about control. You want to maintain privacy and have a greater sense of control over the people interacting with what they know about you, how they track about you, what they track about you, how the information is being shared. Because even if it's shared, it's pointless. That's the main penitent we did a quote, is that every number, every email, every account, password, everything is unique. If one is shared around, we say, well, it's it's pointless, it doesn't matter, because it's meant for that relationship.
0: But people already have difficulty remembering their email addresses and their passwords, right, for all the various sites, how would they be able to use this in a way that they're I actually going to remember how to get back on the site?
1: Yeah, that's that's the big challenge that people think about. Uh, so one of the ways we thought about Cloak is that how do we solve that mental model hurdle is that I don't remember hundred emails or 90 phone numbers. We took it in two ways. One the product experience as, as entirely, we thought about it like a password manager. So wherever you are, it pops up, fills it in. You don't have to remember any of this information. It takes care of that for you. But the other dimension we did Cloak, which we didn't see really anywhere else in the market, is that we don't want to change user behavior. We've seen competitors or companies that when they have a chat app or a phone number, they all require you to use their application Well, with cloaked, you can route things to your personal phone number, you can talk directly within your iMessage and SMS, you can phone call, text completely out of our app, you can use emails with CC, BCC, 2, et cetera, right within Gmail. But in those exchanges, your actual information is never exposed. So by making it convenient and maintaining the privacy, people opt to be cloaked everywhere they go.
0: Oh, so it would be like, for example, it's similar to Google Voice where you're calling this number, but it's not really your number. It's just through Google Voice, let's say, or the thing is when you hit reply on the email aspect, where is it coming from? Is it coming from, does it know to, uh, do you have to go back to that original email address and send it from there? Yeah.
1: So if you um, choose it and quote court- um, you can use your native Gmail, a bunch of, different, bunch of email addresses. If you've added all your e- real personal email addresses in Cloak, then you can reply from anywhere uh, and Cloak will match that original email to your account and then re- uh, relay that or pass that through to whoever you're trying to talk to. So yeah. the idea is that you've added your verified email addresses and these are the email addresses that are allowed to talk to that Cloak email. And the idea is that is many cloaked emails for all the accounts and websites. Yeah, but if you're using your Gmail, it all populates the same way. But in cloaked, you also give that choice. You can choose to use cloaked from your native email clients, or you can also just use cloaked by itself.
0: So it's one centralized view of all the email boxes then?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly exact thinking uh, with all these different email addresses.
0: And then where when you respond back to all the individual emails, you'll know exactly which box it came came from. And then yeah. and then you'll just then respond back via that email address. And then the phone number, does it generate multiple phone numbers or just one that layers on top of your personal?
1: Yeah, so we took a completely different approach than Google Voice uh, was that we have many numbers. Like we've had users that have 200, 300 numbers. But the idea is that each of these numbers are tied to a relationship, whether it's a website, a company, or even a person you're talking to or a group of people you're talking to. So that way, when they when the text and calls route, they route to your real number, and you can pick it up, answer. But your number will never be exposed, neither the call or the text um, flowing through.
0: But is this sustainable if you're generating numbers constantly?
1: Yeah. So there's um, we do some interesting things uh, encloaked under the hood. uh, Is the fact that these numbers are this is actually really helpful from a privacy perspective. It's a little complex to explain, but. We, these numbers are tied to both ends. So the fact is, you have your personal cell phone, whether it be an Android or iPhone and, uh, or whatever phone number, uh, it's tied to that. And uh, now whoever you're trying to talk to is in the other end of the tunnel. So cloaked is, the cloaked router is able to match both ends of the tunnel when either party talks to that number. And we can do that for num- uh, websites and companies and people. So it matches over the tunnel. And then the other dimension is that to make it a little harder, it's a little bit more complicated, is that for privacy purposes, we know that a single number is what a lot of companies can use to join data. A lot of companies are building and moving away from cookie aggregation, cookie tracking, because a phone number is all they need to figure out who you are. Because you get that everywhere, and it's very easy to join so much data about you with just a single phone number. So what we do is that not only do we match parties in both ends, we make it a little harder to track you because if I gave a number to Target and you gave a number, for example, for Walmart, our router can connect. Uh, you might get the same number on your Walmart connection that I had in my Target connection. Our router is able to connect the two and match who the right party is going to. But now if this number is sold or breached, it's very difficult to figure out who is this number. Is it Arjun? Is it this person? And it's very hard to figure that out.
0: Is your solution live and ready?
1: Yeah. yeah. Right now we're in beta. Uh, it's private beta, but we're pulling people off the waitlist every day. And in the first half of this year, and this year we're looking to go to market and get out of beta.
0: For people who are interested in finding out more, where did they go?
1: They can go to cloak.app, and if you join the waitlist, um, every day we're pulling people off that waitlist. But Cloaks.app is where you can go to sign up and get started.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your expertise and cloak solution on Spark today.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate the time and glad we get a chance to talk about privacy.